Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? Hope you guys are enjoying your holiday season. I am your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, along with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's up, man? We're at the end. It's the Woo. final leg, baby. Final countdown. We've almost done it. Yeah. A full year together. Feel it feel I, I was talking to producer Alexis earlier today, and I mean it feels long, it feels short. It's kind of in between. Yeah. It's if you put it the, numerically, it feels fast though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you just think about how much we've been through content wise. It's been awesome. Dude. So now it's time to tie it. a ribbon. I don't on need all seminary. Tie tie yeah, you've you've <laughs> you have almost graduated. I'll let you know when you get there. I got two two more weeks till I graduate, <laughs> Which, man. Yeah. You, you, all my cap and gown you and get everything. your AA right now. You don't get your full degree yet. <laughs> next year I get the next bachelor's. year when we take it to the next level. Then, then we'll discuss yeah, if you graduate. Yes, I'm excited. It's been it's been a treat, man. You know, I've, I've shared this on the pod, but for me personally, just been great to really uh, just sit 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 at the feet of Rabbi Jesus this year, man, alongside of you and listen to the entire scriptures. Um, you, I don't, you know, for me, you know, you just you're getting in week to week. You don't realize, you know, if you step back and say, oh my gosh, I spent an entire year in God's word. Like it's not everyone can say that. And so we've been able to do that and it's, it's been special and I'm super excited, man. So you've done well. I've been, yes. I've been highly impressed, highly wow. impressed at where you've taken this. So I, you got to pat yourself you. in the back too, man. You, you have retained so much info this year. You know what we learned it's above insane. all? We learned above all, sometimes I'm better in that seat. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably will have your fair share of I'm going to make sure I host a little bit more. I'm going to host a little bit more. Uh, we can't wait, year. man, to share with you guys uh, like we did yesterday, the unveiling of 2024. Uh, we'll, probably give, we'll probably give some hints here throughout the pod. But, um, but yeah, we're still working out uh, just how we really want to approach this coming year in the pod to make sure that it just really maximizes uh, this platform for you guys and really gives you the benefit uh, of growth in God. And so that that's always been our main focus when we've even when we approach this entire year. So uh, we're super excited. If you've been with us, we're on episode 51 of the never ending story. Um, we are coming to an, a conclusion here, but we know God's story never ends. And so the beauty of it is that we have been able to march through Scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelations, a year-long Bible study with our church here, Genesis Church Orlando in East Orlando, uh, and it's been a treat, man. And so my my thing is, if you have not been with us, you're new, you're following through, listen through this pod here today, but I want to challenge you guys, go back to episode 1, 10, 15, 20. It's going to, you're going to, I'm telling you, you're going to binge. It's going to be amazing. And your growth is going to be tremendous in what God's going to do in your life. Also, don't forget, uh, join us anytime. We got services going on. We actually got one more service this year. Three more. Three more services this year. One more Sunday. One more Sunday. Three services. Christmas Eve, guys. It's been six years since we've had a Christmas Eve service somewhere around there. It doesn't happen all the time, but join us. If you don't have a place to gather, if you're looking to be, come with your family, be with us. We have a traditional Christmas candlelight services available for you guys in East Orlando, 815, 930, and 11 o'clock. You can join us, genesischurchorlando.com. You can find all the information there to be a part of what we're going to do. It's going to be special, awesome, one of my favorite services throughout the year. I don't know about you, but it's it's. You know it's the awesome. greatest thing about this whole year has been? You now can say all three services now, without forgetting. Yeah, one. that's why I graduated <laughs> with my AA. <laughs> you get a degree because you finally know the I service times of Genesis. Thinking. I know, right? Yeah. 
Uh, that, All that's those, the rookie. Those early episodes. That, yeah. <laughs> you were like, when, when are our service if, times again? Hey, you, you lead them. You're the worship leader. You, you tell are, us. If you are a, a, a top fan, you know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, we had, I had my fair share of struggles yeah. as, as hosts. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> needing to get things fixed up and corrected, but uh, that I'm growing alongside of with you guys. So uh, it's been great. If you've been with us, also too, I encourage you guys follow us on all social media platforms. You can uh, check us out at Post Sunday Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, X, and YouTube as well. You can find it at Post Sunday Podcast. Um, let's get right to it, man. I don't know if you want to hit. Let's hit this up. Our post Sunday podcast question of the week. We got producer Alexis with us. Yeah, baby. Let's go, What's up, everybody. It's awesome. It's awesome. Don't get jealous, Stanton. He's he's gonna be here in somewhere. So for today's PSP, we have a live in studio question Woo. from Glenn Cook. So oh. let's give it a listen. Let's go, Glenn. Okay, guys, I've been through this transformation with you since the very beginning of the year. I've been walking it out. Next year, 2024, we're going to be doing the next phase of life transformation with our whole families. What is that going to look like when we follow in the footsteps of the Messiah? Mm, Let's go. Listen, the great thing is that as this pod evolved this year, we started getting guests in the studio. People can't always see that because... We don't have enough cameras for yeah. all of that, right? Producer Stan Not doesn't yet. even get his own camera. Don't tell Pastor Chad. <laughs> we have that in the works. Eventually. <laughs> we might have a few more. However, Glenn has been with us from the very Shout beginning of Glenn, it all. Man. Top fan, Glenn. top listener, yes. top watcher, yes. and been frequent in the studio. And so, therefore, we might have to get a bigger studio because oh. other people are going to find out I when we come I was telling them that earlier today. But awesome to have a live question today. So and good. it's been great because we've gotten a front row, uh, just a view of his own family yeah, and their spiritual journey in Christ and, and knowing him and his wife and their kids and, and what God has been doing in them and through them. And then watching, you know, his daughter last two weeks ago, got baptized. Yep, if yep. I'm correct, it was two weeks ago. Just make sure. Um, and the celebration there and the service. And, you know, I think that, there are those moments as parents where we want we want results faster than we get them, right? And yet whenever we, we try to at least talk spiritual, we know that God's timing is not our timing. You know, we can say that a lot easier than we can lean into that. And therefore, when things aren't happening in our timing, uh, we get freaked out. Let's just, you know, be simple in, yeah, in the application sure. of this. At the same time, God is always at work and it has been evident that God has been at work in his life and in his marriage and his family in an incredible way. And, you know, you think of the song, what is it? Uh, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working, you're working, you know, that, that type of, you know, praise belongs to him because it's true. He's working when we don't see it. And what I would say is the next step to me always in the spiritual adventure is twofold. It is it is faith and it is works. We are not saved by our works, but our faith, the fruit of the spirit in us plays out in our works and in our deeds. And so the beauty of an adventure together with family is that the, or the challenge becomes, how do I take what I'm learning and growing in and marry it with, with the deeds and the action steps behind it? And as I've always said, I believe that the beauty of faith is that it is caught more often than it's taught. Mm. And so for the Cook family or for any family is that how do you take the things you're learning and then apply them in everyday life, in servanthood, in opportunities, in, you know, yes, you could say programmatically there's things that church offers, but how do you create that within your own family to respond to the needs of people, to, to respond to the man staying on the corner when the Holy Spirit, you know, nudges you to do so to where you're not just taking in the knowledge, but the knowledge that you're taking in and transforming you is now being applied and visibly seen. And so now it's Matthew chapter 5. Five, right? It is so that your good deeds might be seen and glorify your father in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. And, and you, you two are in a, a little bit of a different season than I am 
you know, I, I was thinking, you know, where I'm at is I'm, I'm, I'm depositing seeds right now. You guys have deposited, you know, um, years ago. And I mean, you still are, but now it's, you know, reaping and seeing that deposit being uh, come to fruition in, in your children's lives. And uh, like you said, you want it faster than, than, than you get it. But when it comes, it's like, oh, thank you, God. And so hearing Glenn just say that with his with, with, with Amanda and his son and and just different areas of his life is it's great man and so I'm 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 looking forward to seeing the continued work of God in his life and his family um but with with the question man I mean I think we're we're getting it's going to be awesome this next year I think is a really great opportunity to uh now dive a little bit more uh, you could say in depth, in yeah. depth with the teachings, you know, for we, those who are listening on the pod that yeah. weren't in our services yesterday, because yes. there's an attachment for us here as pastors to what we do in our church, yeah. but we have gained listeners all year from around the country that don't attend our church. And that has been what we have realized something we didn't expect God to do. And now we're leaning into that just as much is we went through a year in the story of God, or we're about to finish. Yeah. And so 2024 is going to be about the son of God, his teachings, his miracles, the person, you know, we come right out the shoot with, with, with the question, is Jesus really God, right? This, this, this hard thing that people wrestle with as to understand the incarnation of God uh, in this world. And so uh, we're going to tackle all of that. We're going to spend, I know, a few months uh, later in the year where we're going to go through the entire Sermon on the Mount, yeah. right? And section by section, verse by verse, and we're just going to unpack it. So as you said earlier, sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus is truly going to be elevated in the next year in the sense of story of God, yes. now son of God. Yeah, so good. Uh, I, I, you want to you want to tell our listeners what what at least uh, church wide what we the the name of our the way of the Messiah. Yeah. So this was the never ending story, and then twenty twenty four is the way of the Messiah, yeah, and man. that's kind of the title we've given it. And it's twofold. Obviously, it's everything about Jesus. But remember how many times in the book of Acts we paid attention to they were called followers of the way capital w yes right that was what the early believers and christians were called because they knew this is a way of living so we're going to learn the way of the messiah for an entire year together that's dope that's dope i'm looking forward to it man i'm excited i hope you guys are and like i said i think it's it just kind of really goes ties in into this never ending story so even though even if you join in next year and and as we get a little bit more further into it Go back to these these seasons, uh, this season one, I would say. Yeah, uh, next year is going to be, be season crazy. two, and so it's super good. I love it. Um, but man, episode fifty one, Revelation twenty and twenty one, the groom returns for his bride. Uh, you 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 began with First uh, Thessalonians five one through eleven. We won't read all of that, but you guys can can reference that. But you highlighted a few things. For God has not destined us for wrath, yeah. right? Uh, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And so that was that was awesome. You, so you today's about paying attention to the language of the Bible. Yeah. So as we have said, it doesn't need to be rewritten, but it does need to be reread. Because what we have allowed to happen is certain thoughts or misunderstandings, I would say, of the scriptures creep into our heads. It is, yeah. And then yeah. fill our minds with pictures and images of things that the Bible actually speaks differently into. Yeah. And so here you have Paul talking about that day, the day when God returns for his people, right? You know, it's it's the it's the saying everyone wants to know. Like, let's talk about end times, you know. It's Googled. And it is, uh, you know, searched on YouTube more than you could imagine. People want to go to end times conferences, you know, to hear prophecy as to how it's all going to unfold and, you know, and, and watch these men on TV tell you exactly how it's going to be. And that's like the focal point. So here's Paul talking about it for a moment to the believers in Thessalonica in the book of 
1 Thessalonians. And he says, you yourselves are aware of that day, the day the Lord will come, and it will be like a thief in the night. So I referenced last week that old you know, movie, The Thief in the Night, was you know all about the rapture and everything. And yet some people will read this and literally go, well, that's when he's coming at nighttime. Right. And so now there's a fear to like fall asleep because I might wake up and, you know, and depending on my belief or interpretation, yeah, yeah. I'm left here or I'm taken away or whatever. And, and so the wording that he's using once again is imagery, mm -hmm. just like a thief comes in the night unexpected, right? No one knows in the cover of darkness, they can't see it. They, they don't realize it's happening till it's taken place when a thief enters into the home. He's saying that's how the coming that day shows up. So it could be in the broad daylight. It could be in the morning, the afternoon. It could be in the night, right? The timing is not what he's trying to give you. It's the reality that you know it's coming and you know it's going to come unexpectedly. Yeah. So let's pay attention to that. And he says what the problem is is that there are people that are going to be saying, but there's peace and security. What they're saying is I'm all good. I'm, I'm not worried about this but then there's going to be destruction that come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. And so we've talked about this. Jesus talks about this. The end of times is like a, a, a woman giving birth, you know, those labor pains, they continue to speed up. And so they're coming. And so I do agree with pastors that will say, you can begin to maybe see the labor pains, right? All around us in the evilness and the wickedness of the world. Um, and it's, it's ramping up. There's a speed to it. So does that mean we're in the end times? We could be. Am I going to say clearly here today we are? No, right? Only God knows. But then he says this, so pay attention. He says, but you're not in darkness for that day to surprise you. So this is the encouragement. Like we get fearful of this instead of the encouragement is you're not in that darkness, mm. right? You're, you're, you, sh you should be at least. You're aware that the day is going to show up. For your children of light, children of the day, not children of darkness. So don't sleep as others do, but stay awake and be sober. So he's using all this language of like, be ready, anticipate, know this day's coming. Therefore, the reason he's saying this is because it should make you evaluate your life. Mm. What am I doing? Where am I? Who am I with? What am I being entertained by? I remember Francis Chan one time said he left an event because little in the event, he thought if God returns right now, I don't want to be found here. Wow. Right? And people are like, that's so extreme. Yeah. What if he comes back? Where are you and what are you doing? Right? It is a conviction. And 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 maybe for some, it should be, you know, a, a true wake up and alarm that like, if God returned in this moment and found me with this person or doing this thing or consuming this or in this place to find all my entertainment and pleasure, like, is this where I want him to find me in this moment? Wow. Yeah. And that, that should be a good alarm, like you said, for each and every one of us that, you know, we are to be just spiritually awake and aware yeah. of where we are, what we're doing, conscious of that. Um, that all falls, that all ties into your relationship with God, you know. Um, if I love him, I'm going to be where he's at and with him, you know, at, at any moment that I can. I love, man, you were talking through different references and, 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 you know, I got to admit, you know, growing up, it was like one of those, like, it, it's going to be very Lord of the Ring-ish, you know, it's going to be very epic and, you know, and big. And when is that happening? And I, and I'll tell you growing up, you know, the, the, the mark of the beast and chips and just all that stuff we were talking about last week. Like it was like, those were those, you know, growing up, it was like, be aware of that stuff. Like, you know, if you see a hint of that, all right, here he is. But I, I will say this, man, we are closer today than yesterday. Absolutely. To his arrival. A hundred percent. Right? Yep. That's all that you gotta know. That's it. I don't I don't know when is it. It can be tomorrow, it can be 20 years from now, 50 years from now. But today I'm closer to his arrival than I was yesterday. And because yeah. of that understanding, I, 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 I need, and you, you referenced a lot of this in service, awareness, urgency every day yeah. to be ready to go. And, and so, John, he, he writes what's taking place, right? It's being revealed to him. Yeah. And he's describing Revelation you know, the, 19, right? the one on the white horse returns and, and you know, his, 
his eyes are like the flame of fire and his robe is dipped in blood. And so he's describing yeah. the glory and the splendor. And like you said, inevitably you're trying to put pictures to the words. Yes. And I was in a conversation a few weeks back with my kids about, you know, they're like, well, dad, like what's heaven going to really be like? And we'll, we'll, we'll hit a little bit of this more next week as we put a bow on everything. But with some of the pictures that we used yesterday, you know, I, I would say that for many people that are at least trying to wrap their head around the idea of heaven, the idea that, that heaven is far off in some space, even though people be like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's truly reality is how you view it. God is way up somewhere out there and I'm way down here. And that's why I love C.S. Lewis because I love, I love the Chronicles of Narnia. I, and I believe the people, the Bible believe that there was an interlocking of God's realm, heaven and earth. Why, why would Jesus sit, pray and say, you should pray that as in heaven, also in earth, right? There was this moment where they interlocked. It's, it's how miracles happen in this world supernaturally, right? So there's this intertwining of it in the Chronicles of Narnia, that beautiful picture of the doorway, you know, mm. where, where they where they go through the closet and they, they literally walk from one world into the next, from one life into this. That's why the Bible uses the words, the life to come. You know, it is in essence, I'm not saying specifically, the imagery of like the Marvel movie I talked about with my daughter, this epic battle, and then all of a sudden these almost portals open up and they walk through. How else can you explain Jesus when the disciples are in the room and then it says he just suddenly appeared to them, right? And then Thomas comes up and is like, show me your hands and your feet. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this is really you. He just suddenly appeared in the room, right? They didn't watch him come down through the sky, just floating down. He just appeared. Why? Because he came from his realm into our realm. And this is more of the reality of what heaven is in the sense of Paul says one day the great veil would be pulled back, right? He talks about the invisible powers of darkness that we can't necessarily see, but we know that are happening all around us. So look at that language in the Bible and understand that heaven is, in the, in the sense of God's realm is much closer wow. than we truly understand. That is why what we do, where we go, all these things matter because it, it awakens us to the, to the reality. This thing is not as separated and distant as we, we, we come to make it. And so when John is talking about all of these things transpiring and, 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 God returning in this epic battle, pay attention to it, right? Everything we've talked about this year mattered. We say the whole story matters. So none of it uh, doesn't matter. But the focal point for many people is the battle, the battle of Armageddon. Is it in the Megiddo Valley? I've been there in Israel. Like, you know, what's it going to be like? Is it Jesus in this vast army of angels and then all of us standing behind him in robes and then is Satan and all his demons, you know, on the other side and they've got swords and shields and spears and they're going to battle it out till Jesus is standing alone. Like, where does your mind take you versus where does the story take us? Mm. And the story tells us that he rides and shows up in his Mouth is like a sword, and with it, he's able to judge the nations. Speak. The same God who spoke and created the world into existence has the power to speak everything to come to an end. Let's pay attention to that. Yeah. And then let's change our focal point. As you just said earlier, we've been on an adventure all year. So what have we been learning and piecing together? It's been like a puzzle, the story of God. And people have been having pieces of that puzzle come to life in ways that had never come to life before. And all of a sudden we had people like, if you go back right now, I did this this past week, the most watched Sunday service this past year in views on YouTube was judges. Like it blew my mind, right? Out of all the things you'd be like, hey, when we taught on this, like that was good. Yeah, People would want to know that. It was on judges. The things people like, Maybe I'm a little confused on. Maybe I need to understand more. Mm. I, I don't know that piece of the puzzle. And that was the one that was watched and viewed the most, meaning that was a piece of the puzzle some people needed 
to be able to understand some things differently. And that's what we've been doing all year. And now we're at this point where if you pay attention to the puzzle pieces, we're almost done putting the puzzle together in a sense. Right. And that's what the part we're in today is really all about. Yeah. Yeah. The safest place to be in the battlefield is on the side of the one riding the white horse. Yeah. So (laughs) if you ain't on that side, man, I, I feel for you. Yeah, you can get caught up in the, the, you know, the angel comes back with the key to the bottomless pit and he throws Satan in it for a thousand years. After a thousand years, he's released, you know, and and then is the final moment where he's cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. Pay attention to that piece, right? Like we can banter through premillennial, all millennial, post-millennial, depending on your end times beliefs and and interpretations or whatever. The the, the point is not to argue over if that's a real thousand years or, you know, a day is like a thousand years into the Lord and a thousand years like one day. And so is this metaphorical, all that stuff that people just want to sit in because it's like we have to know if it's really going to be a thousand years versus the more important questions that we're going to look at today. Right. And that is first and foremost, the story tells us Satan's thrown into the lake of fire forever. We stand on the side of victory. So breathe for a moment in that and know if you stand on the side of the battlefield with the one riding the white horse, then you stand on the side that gets ultimate victory when God comes to put a stamp on his story. Yeah. And, 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 and as you were speaking, it seemed like you were now, now confronting or, or bringing the realization to people face to face. Like now this is, this is a personal thing now to you. You hear about these things that are going to happen, but where, where does it apply for you? Right. And so a covenant, like you were saying, is not about feelings and emotions, but a, about a commitment and faithfulness. So it, it, it feels like now, like, what are you going to do with this, with all this, like the ball is on your court. Where's the sense of urgency? Where are you with with your walk, with your life in God? And so Exodus 23, you shall not have any other gods before me, for I am a jealous God. And, yeah, and then, we had to go back in yeah, the story. You did. So we had to go back to Exodus at Mount Sinai. Yeah. And really, this is what we're doing. And in this coming week, in, in the final, you know, podcast off of a Sunday sermon, we're gonna we're gonna take the story of God and show a thread and a theme all the way through it, right? And and then this week, we kind of did the same thing. The story opens up with a God who creates man and woman, and, and then he brings them together in union, in marriage. It's one of the very first things that God does for, for man and woman, Genesis chapter 2, right? Before the fall. So this beautiful picture of marriage has always been there from the very beginning, right? From the creator God. And then we see it again in Exodus chapter 19 when the nation of Israel comes to the foot of Mount Sinai. It's not just this this moment with the Shekinah glory of God where he, you know, you know, scribes the, the, the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. Yes, all that takes place. But for them, it was the picture of a wedding ceremony. They've come to the altar of God. God is giving them the covenantal contract, this, the, the, the provisions and stipulations for this marriage to work. And therefore, that's how we get the Ten Commandments. And so for those people that are like, yeah, but that's what God is about. He's about laws. And I don't like laws, right? Like, Well, then that's, that's part of the world we live in, right? There's a man of lawlessness, the scripture says, that, that shows up the antichrist mm. and and that man of lawlessness unleashes that that's in the heart of people i don't want to be bound to laws that's what satan came and deceived right like god gave you a rule don't eat from this tree but you did it anyways right yeah. and so but within the contract within the covenant of marriage hey this is a vow this is a commitment this is faithfulness the problem is this we have a hard time relating to this. Let's just be honest. Because I was talking with PJ yesterday about this for a moment. What's the first thing Satan attacks in the scriptures? Marriage, right? That's the thing he comes after. The union between Adam and Eve, right? And 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 family. And what is it that he's been attacking all along? Marriage and family. And there are people that have had their marriages attacked. They have had their marriages split. They have, they have 
made mistakes and been the reason for that. And because of that, they have all types of feelings and emotions when we talk about marriage because they bring it into their personal situation. Instead of looking at what God sanctified and what God deemed holy and the language God used throughout the Bible of marriage between a groom and a bride and the covenant. And this is why whether whether our marriages didn't work out the way we wanted them to or not, let's let's say that, right? Whether it was maybe your fault, maybe it wasn't your fault at all. What we need to be teaching to the next generation behind us because we've lost that is the sanctity of marriage, the faithfulness of marriage, because then it allows them to understand the faithfulness of God. There are people right now that have a hard time thinking about a faithful God who wants to be, in essence, metaphorically married to them because their spouse cheated on them and broke that earthly covenant with them, right? And therefore, it's the reality that God is not like us. And God's covenant is different than ours. And God's covenant is everlasting. And God never intended to break his covenant. The nation of Israel did. And that is why we have to go back and look at these puzzle pieces. And so Exodus 19, one of the Ten Commandments you just said, you shall have no other gods before yeah. me, for I'm a jealous God. It's God saying, like, it's me and you. And therefore, now this language begins, and it continues all the way through the story of God. And this is why all throughout the Old Testament, with the kings and the judges and all that, what did you have? You had the nation of Israel yeah. betraying the covenant of God, not being faithful to God, who is faithful. How many times did God, you know, they did this, and then God took and received their repentance and brought them back in and provided this. Then they went astray again, and then he brought them back in. And so the people that are like, God is this God of wrath, we've been learning. No, he was a God of grace and mercy. Time and time again, he allowed Israel and their wayward life to come back to him. And then they often refused and they repent and, and, and they rejected what he wanted to bring them back into. And so then you get to Jeremiah. They're about to be exiled into Babylon, which is what Revelation chapter 18 is referencing, the great fall of Babylon. So metaphorically, mm-hmm. it's the people have wandered from God to a point of full rejection of him. And in Jeremiah, he uses that language again. And he says, you know, have I been a wilderness to Israel? Mm-hmm. You say we are free, but we will come no more to you in Jeremiah chapter two. So he's asking like, I never gave up on you. I never left you hanging in the wilderness, but now you're coming to me going, we want to be free and we don't want to come to you no more. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's how we live today. It is. God provides and we still want to go our own way. Yeah. And you see it. I mean, even in the verbiage of Jesus in John 14, right? So Jesus says it, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me in my father's house and our many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, it will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you also may be. And so that's, that's in John 14, 1 through 3. You see that verbiage of even, even Jesus saying, you know, um, speaking of, of a groom, right, um, of a bride waiting for her groom. I, I love how you referenced that too um, yesterday where uh, in Jewish culture the 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 bride would be the the emphasis was on the groom more than the bride yeah you know here in the states uh in our culture it's it's reversed but in in the jewish culture uh it was known it was the 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 groom was the one that was uh you know i guess highlighted so to say um but 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 the bride was sitting and waiting right for the groom to come back for her so you could see that imagery and, and and the way that Jesus is speaking even in John 14 which is a, it, which is once again let's reread it it doesn't need to be rewritten you know early translations would say um, in my father's house are many mansions and then I've heard endless <laughs> sermons on how one day I'm going to have a mansion. mansion in heaven right and I remember as a kid like still going that sounds awesome how, what does that mean and what does that look like, right? And then I begin to, you know, learn and grow and to see 
the essence of the scriptures differently and really come to the understanding of like, we're a greedy people. I mean, we always want something. We always need something. So if we have to follow a Jesus that says, lay it all down, sacrifice it all, you know, die to self, then if I have to be that type of person yeah. and I have to give 10% of my income to this God or whatever, and, and I can't live lavishly on earth like everyone else gets to do, yeah. then when I get to heaven, then I better receive all of it. And this is this is where we're trying to help people rethink life the way God intended. Yeah, bro. So Big time. a life mentor of mine, Matt Wilmington, his father is Dr. Harold Wilmington. He's He passed away. He wrote Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. So if you have like the Logos computer program, it's one of those on that computer that you can use as like a commentary. It's world-renowned. Um, he's he's He's... He's was, he was dubbed Mr. Bible at Liberty University. You know, it used to be a joke. Like he could quote, he could he could speak the Bible front to back or back to front. Like he knew the scriptures that much. And so when I would sit with him and get the opportunity to sit at his feet in my head, I would count how many scriptures he just said without actually saying like John 14, right? He wouldn't like say the book and the chapter. He would just say, you know, but my, but, but Jesus told us, let our hearts not be troubled. And then he just keep talking and you'd realize he's speaking scripture. Like you just commonly speak with people. It's in and that much. And I, I think I referenced, you know, somewhere in the pod this year, I sat with him at a coffee house and I was young and arrogant because I was learning. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick his brain. And then I think I know some things that I don't agree with him on his interpretation. And I think I said the Holy Spirit of God was like, shut up and just listen. And for the next four hours, I just took notes and just was humbled by his wow. approach. But in that talk, this is what he told me. He said, he's the one, he's the one who said, reread, reread your Bible for a second. So here we're saying the Bible doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. He says, uh, we were talking about revelation for the moment because we were, we were arguing in time stuff, <laughs> how I was seeing it, how you seeing it. Not arguing, you know, yeah. just this yeah. just, just healthy let me, conversation. Healthy conversation. And he says, uh, he says, I don't believe in that. Something that I thought he believed in. And that was this. I said, I don't think that we get crowns in heaven. I said, I hear this all the time. Well, I'm gonna get a crown in heaven with jewels in my crown. Because Paul talked about crowns, mm. right? Paul references this crown with this jewel type of a deal. And I said, I think that's metaphorical, right? You live in a time where Rome uh, was the empire and during the, the, the games, which we eventually get the Olympics out of, the runners that run for the prize and all that stuff, they get a crown. And so he's talking about just like they run for an earthly crown, ultimately we're running for a spiritual crown, right? The crown of glory. It's not a literal crown. Yeah. And, and uh, so somewhere in there, I said, but people are like, yeah, but... We cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus. There's actually songs about this. I don't know if you've heard yeah. them as well, mm -hmm. right? And he's like, that's not true. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Wait, what do you mean it's not true? He goes, open up your Bible. Read it, how it's written. And it was one of those moments where I read it in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. John sees the 24 elders around the throne, and it says, and they bowed down and cast their crowns. He says, does it say anywhere else when I see the tribe and the nations and those of different languages that they cast down their crowns? And I said, no. He goes, so we don't. The 24 elders do, but we don't. And I remember I was like, oh, oh, something I've heard my whole life because people just grab these pictures and then they begin to create out of them yeah. is the same thing with this. Jesus is not saying one day I'm going to prepare a mansion for you so that you can have this big glorious house. Cause then the question becomes, do I deserve a mansion as big as Billy Graham's, <laughs> right? Like, like people who've done more in the faith or is the one who gave the widow's might, she deserves a stinking mansion bigger than mine because she gave all that she had. And if I was to be honest, I don't always live that way, right? Like you start playing these games with scripture if you pay attention to it. And here Jesus is speaking the language of the people of the Bible. <laughs> In a marriage ceremony, in the betrothal period, after their marriage was arranged, the groom would turn to the bride and would say, I'm going home to prepare a place for you. 
he was literally going to do that. He will go back to his father's house and then he would build a room onto his father's house for his bride to come be with him to be part of the family moving forward in the covenant of marriage. The bride would then wait in anticipation. She didn't know how long it was going to take for him to build this house, this room on this house. And so every day she would wake up as a bride would do, when is my groom coming so that we can get married? She might would wake up in the morning and look out when the sun's rising over the hillside to see if he maybe he owned a horse. Maybe it was a donkey. Maybe he would just walk, but is he going to come over the hillside and there's my groom coming for me? But at night, she would take a lamp, little lamp that would put oil in, and she would light it and sit it in her window. And that light was the signal to the groom if he came at night that I'm ready and I've been waiting for you so he could see it as he was coming in in the nighttime. So this language of Jesus that I'm going to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. This is Exodus 19. God said, if you will be my, if you obey me, I will be your God. I will take you to myself. You will be for me a treasured possession. So he's repeating the words of his father. I'll take you to myself that where I am, you may be also where I will be, you will be with me in this marriage, in this covenant. So this marriage language is sweeping through the Bible. We referenced Ezekiel chapter 16 when he says, I passed by you and I saw you. Then I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. That was literally what they would do with like their prayer shawl Mm. over the one that they loved and they brought into them. Right, And then he says, I made a vow to you and entered into a covenant with you. Let's not forget that I believe it's in Ezekiel as well, or maybe Ecclesiastes, where the, the writer says, um, don't, don't make a vow and not keep it. It's better to not make a vow at all, right? Because God sees the vow I've made and the covenant I've made, I'm not breaking. But you keep breaking the covenant and you keep breaking your vows. Yeah. This is a struggle with marriages today, right? We can't receive God in this marriage with us because some of us broke our vows or someone broke the vow in the in the marriage. And therefore, we bring that hurt, that pain, those scars, that moment in instead of rising above our feelings and emotions and, 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 and receiving a God that says, no matter what, has been done to you or you've been a part of that may have been unfaithful. I'm not unfaithful to you. Yeah. I will not break my vow or covenant with you. And then he says, and uh, Ecclesiastes declares the Lord, you became mine. When you became mine, nothing's breaking my commitment to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so revelation 19 kind of, Kind of says that the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. Blessed are those who are invited. That's the focus. That's the focus. Yes, pay attention to the victory in battle. Yes, pay attention to the fact that the dragon, the beast, Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. Praise God for that. But the focal point at the end of the story, that all happens, right, is the marriage supper is the groom coming for the bride. So there's the contract, there's the betrothal, then there's a consummation. In a Jewish wedding, especially biblical times, part of the ceremony was you go through the ceremony, you read the contract, all of that, then they would go into their tent or their home and they would consummate as a couple and everyone would wait outside anticipating. A little awkward, you know, <laughs> right? But why? Because once, right? once the marriage was consummated, now we're going to party. Yeah. Now there's a celebration that, that might last days, right? And that is what's taking place. The marriage supper of the lamb has come. Blessed are those who are invited. So there's a blessing at the end of God's story for those who have a seat at the table of the supper of the marriage supper with God. Mm. And this is where our gaze really is demanded. We put it on everything else yeah. because we want to know all the, the weird stuff that we can't quite figure out. Your gaze needs to be the groom is coming back for his bride, which flips things because how, how do most people talk about end times? They say the war, world, war, evil. The world is getting so wicked. God, 
God just has to be coming back. While that's partially true, we leave out the beauty of God's story. The groom has been waiting and preparing to come be with the bride. He wants to be back. Yeah. Right? He's not just going, gosh, everything's just terrible. Everything's awful. This is disgusting. Let me go back. Yes, he is angry against sin. It has wrecked his creation, and he is going to come back and judge that with, with, with all of his glory. At the same time, he's been preparing to come back for the bride. That's the beauty of the story of God. Yeah, yeah, Jesus says it himself. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So Jesus on earth has been waiting in heaven yep. for this moment again that he had with his disciples yeah. to partake in, a, in, in the, the, the marriage supper with the Lamb of God. Big time, man. It's so good. So the, the question is, you know, um, we shouldn't really put our focus on end times. You know, it's not how the final moments are going to take place. But if your name is found in the book of life. Yeah, there's there's that wedding imagery again. Yeah. Not not specifically, but at a wedding ceremony, there's the registry, the book yeah. that's opened up yeah. for everybody that's been invited. And they write I think about uh, Jesus when he says, uh, you know, he, he when he gave that illustration of, of the wedding uh, and, and he said um, they they, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he invited certain people and they didn't come. And and so the groom said, well, just invite anyone you can, right? And open the doors for them. And 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 it seems, you know, it, it has this feel to it. Like those that are, their, 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 their names are in the book of life, right? Those that have served me, that loved me, invite them, bring them in. Let's do this. Like, again, it's not, it's not this violent, you know, scene of, of, of just gruesome gruesomeness it's it's a beauty it's a wedding it's a it's it's a beautifulness toward in the back end and it's something that i don't think a lot of us have really uh saw that we haven't seen that in the in, when it comes to revelation we see we see it very very scary dark unknown um mis mysterious right uh, but it's 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 this wedding ceremony that that god is saying those that has that have, have invited me in, that those that have given their hearts to me, those that have accepted my son, right? Your name will be in the book of life, right? That, I mean, that I love that because what did you just do? You just took a, a piece of the puzzle that you've heard for a while, you know, and this story of inviting people into this wedding banquet and now connected it to the reality of the grander story of God, right? Because yeah. it's been the constant language. Pay attention to the constant themes and the scope of the story of God because then all of a sudden it makes sense, Yeah, right? God is not a God of confusion. And he doesn't say, hey, let's tell a story about all the people I don't want to <laughs> sit at the table. And, and he says, listen, there's room, so go invite more in the alleyways and in the streets. You know, Go get them and bring them in, right? Because there's an urgency to tell people about him. So that is within that story as well. But it's still centered around a banquet. Yes. And this is, it's always been an invitation. Jesus said, you know, come follow me for my yoke is easy, right? It was an invitation to come to him, all who are weary and heavy laden, you know, and the disciples come follow me for all of us come to him because he has something great waiting. We can't say he has the best life possible for us Yeah, and think it's all doom, dark, you know, restrictive with rules and laws instead of seeing the beauty of the story of God, of a God who deeply loves us and cares for us, wants the best for us, has the best for us, always has desired that for us and can't wait to come be with us. Like that is where our gaze and our attention needs to be. And as Revelation 20 says, John sees this great white throne, the throne of judgment, book of life. Everyone is judged according to their deeds. And then it says that the, the, the dragon and, and the false prophet, they're all thrown into the lake of fire, death and Hades. And then it says in verse 15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire with them. Right? That's the part we don't want to read, right? Like that's the part like no one wants read in church and no one wants to hear and no one wants to 
focus on, but it does need a focal point that there's a reality that God is coming back for his bride and he is giving you time to have your name written into the heavenly registry, the book of life. And for those who have rejected that here on earth, my question has always been, if you didn't want it now, why do you want it for all eternity? Because the question is, well, what type of God is that that would come back and in your belief system and in your faith throw me into a lake of fire? Well, I'm telling you up front, that's not what he wants for you. He desires for you to be the bride and come sit at the, the, the banquet table with him. You have decided you want nothing to do with this God, then get mad at him if he says, for all eternity, you will not be with me. Really, it, like it doesn't, to me, it's always been weird. Like yeah. if you don't want to believe in him now, you've chosen yourself yeah. to be separated from this God. And this is the outcome. This is his story. He revealed it to John. Yeah. We didn't conjure this up. This is how the story ends. So there's an urgency with it. Man. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's, 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 that was that moment I was talking about where the ball is in your court now, you know, like you know the reality of you you have an idea of what's going to happen you know and so what what is what are you going to do with that where is the sense of urgency now now every day right is an opportunity for you to come closer to the father but also you know we we've talked about this weeks back but uh who in my circle am i bringing them to this banquet right who can i bring to this wedding with me uh, at the end, you know, we don't think of it that way, but who am I bringing that we can write their names in the book of life, right? Um, I said this before, man, but we don't bring anything with us to heaven. The only pe thing we can bring is the people that we have impacted in our life and that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those, that's it. That's it. And so the, the urgency is I want to bring as many people as I can. But I got to make sure my name is in there too. <laughs> Jesus said, store up your treasure in heaven. Yeah, man. Once again, the misunderstanding is my mansion, my crown, my yeah. jewels. Yeah. What's my treasure going to be? Like if I am a soul winner, I'm going to get that, that, that jewel in my crown. If I do this and I'm a yeah. servant, I'm gonna get that's not the treasure. It's not. The only thing in all of scripture that is dubbed treasure by God, Exodus 19 you will be a treasured possession to me. Therefore, if he says we're his treasured possession here, we should look around and realize that in all of eternity, that's the only treasure we want to lay up in heaven. I don't care what the house looks like. I don't care about a crown or a jewel because the ultimate reality is I get to be in the presence of God forever. And I want, as you said, my treasure my family, my friends to be there with me. That's the only treasure I'm trying to get from this life into the life to come. Yeah. The rest is up to him. It's true. Yeah, I I, I don't think um I don't think we need to worry about <laughs> the the what's the surroundings around us when we're in the presence of of God like it's it's it, that's all we need. It's funny cuz you're you're speaking this and we're in the moment of worship and it's like you know, everything just simultaneously just begins. Like we, we literally have a huge power break in our service and lights go out, power goes out, but nothing is rattling us. We're continuing to worship. We're continuing to lift up the name of God. And that's a depiction of this. Like it doesn't matter my surroundings. When the presence of God is with me, that is all I need, right? I, that's all I want. And so whatever, whatever I gain, whatever I lose, whatever that looks like, I don't care. Materialism is out the window. It doesn't matter to me. It's about God and being in his presence and being with him the way he's wanted it this whole time, yeah. right? So I thought that was a great, like, I don't know. It almost like God got through a little moment there. Like, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> a little exclamation. First service yesterday, yeah. <laughs> for those that are wondering, and they attend Genesis, yeah, yeah all the power went great. out right yeah. in the middle of the worship song. Yeah. And we were singing, you know, Agnes Day, yeah. and we were singing it because the scriptures tells us that when John sees all these events taking place, yeah. that there's a, there's a cry in heaven, yeah. a thunderous cry. And it's all around the word hallelujah. Mm. 
right? And so we talked about that yesterday. The the beauty of that word, I, I didn't know. I've grown up in church my whole life. I didn't know till studying, you know, a few months back that hallelujah is only found four times in the New Testament. Yeah, that blew my mind too. Right? As many yeah. times as people say it. I know. As many times we sing it, yeah. only four times in the New Testament. And it's found all four times in Revelation 19. That's crazy. When the groom comes back for the bride. So that's where, that should really draw our attention. If this is where hallelujah is being, you know, thunderously yeah. saying and, and, and declared over what? Yes, the dragon's gone forever. Evil's gone but it's all around the groom has come back for the bride. That's the thunderous hallelujah. Everything the groom has been waiting to do yeah. and preparing for has now happened. And that is the, the, the joy we need to sit in. As I said, yes, the world may get darker and it probably is and will. Yes, it may get harder. Um, we were told that it was hard. Then John said, I join you in our tribulation. So he was going through a tribulation and there's a lot of Christians that they, they think that like, we're just going to escape the tribulation, yeah. you know, and not go through anything hard. Yet God has always said, count it all joy when you face trials and tribulations, right? Because that tests you and it produces endurance, James chapter one. But the joy is that at the end of it, everything that you face and go through, when you, as the seven letters were written to the seven churches, conquer and you endure and you stand strong, the groom says, I'm coming for you. That's great, man. That's really good. I can't wait for next week because we, again, just put a bow tie to everything. Um, One common theme through the Bible. Yeah. I can't wait to. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I'm sure you can, man, because you've really, you've really been able to, to see that common theme throughout a lot of uh, the 52 weeks that we have just been basking in the presence of God's word. And so it's awesome, man, to, to, to get ready for that it's going to be awesome it's a great great exclamation point to things so uh guys man we are so thankful episode 51 in the books guys i don't know if you're ready we got one more one more <laughs> for 2023 it's been exciting it's been amazing it's been the never-ending story and it's been awesome so we hope you guys are blessed remember you can always submit your questions at postsundaypodcast at gmail.com uh, we would love to grab those and, and, and just really be able to help you out as best as we can to answer those. So send us a um, question, comment anywhere. You can also do that in our DMs through our social media, Post Sunday Podcast. You can find us there, Instagram, TikTok, X, YouTube, all that. Uh, but, man, get ready, guys. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait to just uh, really hit an exclamation point to this podcast throughout this year. The never-ending story has been tremendous. We started getting uh, stories. We did. We, we did. have. So, yeah. once again, anybody that listens regularly or watches, email us. Yes. And uh, email us just what what has you've learned the most or yep. your favorite thing you learned, what God has done by this podcast we want to receive those stories. We'd yeah. love to be able to read them, you know, on the pod and, and let other people hear what has been taking place in other people's lives. Yes. So some people have been listening regularly and then they just don't ever do something like that. We're just asking a small paragraph. Yeah. You want to write a novel? That's fine too. Yeah. But uh, whatever it looks like, but it's uh, post Sunday podcast at gmail.com gmail yep. and email that to us this week. Just take a moment wherever you're at, even from your phone, and uh, that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be good. And uh, also, too, I didn't want to uh, skip this, but we got a promo code going on right now for the post-Sunday podcast merch. Look at this. This is dope. It's cozy. It's it's cold out in Florida right now, and by cold, I you know don't take me serious. 68 degrees. <laughs> I have converted fully uh, into a Floridian. So, uh, But, yeah, man, this is some great swag. We got a few different options for you guys guys check it out we got a coupon code for you guys to save some money on it um all, all all everything that comes in honestly is going out into ministry and going out and just using it for uh either the pod or, or just ministry and what we're doing here at genesis church orlando so we appreciate your support and we love you guys but uh until next week grace and peace
Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.